buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to episode 33 of That's How I Roll. This is Jeremiah Isley, and I am your host today and every day here on That's How I Roll, the podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. And recently, it's been more about the life I live and less about the games I play because of the life I live. But (laughs) we're going to take a real quick look at today's roadmap. This is just the segment of the show where I tell you what's coming up with the other segments in the show. So today's roadmap looks like this. We are going to see what's good in the neighborhood, talk about what I've been doing, what I've been playing, and anything else that's been going on. I am going to do a drive-by review today of Quests of Valeria from Daily Magic Games. That's right. It's a review. You know what that means. That means I've been playing games again. Yes. You will also hear today in the background, you will hear the sound of rainstorms going on. No, I'm not recording outside in the rain. That simply means that the little baby girl is sitting right next to me and she loves the sound of thunderstorms. I think 18 days in the NICU caused her to love and get used to the sound of just noise in general. There were lots of machines and beeps and people and whatever. So as quiet as it was in there, She's still used to kind of a general buzz about the room. So uh, she is sleeping soundly next to me. She loves having uh, the thunder machine on. So I've got Alexa playing some thunder thunder noise for us. And uh, so anytime you hear an episode, when you hear that going on, just know that I've got my little baby girl next to me and we're making this work for everybody. (laughs) All right. And finally, we are going to swing by the corner of thought and conversation. I've got a little topic that kind of goes hand in hand with today's review that I want to chat with you all about. So hopefully we'll get some conversation going between myself and you, the listeners. So buckle up, let's get going. What's good in the neighborhood today? Uh, The good news is the drought is over. Last episode, I talked about how the drought was continuing and I hadn't had a chance to get games on the table or really kind of get a break and and hang out with friends. And that happened over the weekend. So I'm super excited about that. We managed to play uh, Prohees again, which is a game that uh, I picked up at Origins from Blue Orange Games kind of uh, people say it's a stripped down version of uh, Sheriff of Nottingham where players are playing smugglers you're trying to smuggle illegal goods in through convoys you put some cards down in front of you and they have trucks on the back of them and everybody can kind of decide if they want to inspect your convoy or not you're allowed to bribe them with cards that they get to score and things like that very easy fun little game I'm terrible at it I I don't know why people always want to inspect me and it's always when I'm trying to smuggle something good uh, or something, well, good, but illegal through and it just never, never works out. So 
I got destroyed in that game, but it was, it's still a fun little game. I'll be doing a drive-by review of that very, very soon, so stay tuned for that. We also played a game called Dungeon Raiders, and we played this uh, maybe two or three times that night. Super fun little game from Devere Games. It's a little dungeon crawl kind of game where you stack up cards in five stacks, and those are lo- the levels of the dungeon. And some of those cards come out, you get to see the level, and some of them are face up, some of them are face down. And everybody has a set of power cards that they're using to uh, defeat or get past what's in the room. But it's not cooperative, so you have to work together in some ways, but you don't want to work together in other ways because you're trying to get out alive and you're trying to have the most loot. Really fun, fun game. I was really... um, really surprised by this it's a it's an older game but i just discovered it again at origins last year i'm getting excited for origins this year but um really enjoyable game and again i will be doing a drive-by review of this very soon and also i'll be publishing a review of this over on theologyofgames.com as well so stay tuned there for that And we also played Quests of Valeria. It's the newest game in the Valeria lineup from Daily Magic Games. We enjoyed this one. We had a lot of fun with it. And that is today's drive-by review. Whoa! Hey, everyone, look! It's time for another drive-by review. So Quests of Valeria, again, is part of the Valeria series. Now, I haven't played the original game of the Valeria universe. I have played Villages of Valeria and now Quests of Valeria. And first of all, I'll just say that the artwork and everything, it it feels like you're playing another game right inside that realm. And it's great. The citizen types are there. um, The resources are the same. Uh, it's it it although there's fewer resources and I believe fewer citizen types from villages of Valeria, but the game plays out. You you set up um, a tavern where there are six cards face up, six citizen cards face up, and also uh, six quest cards that are out that you can fulfill. Now, how you fulfill those quests is you can hire cards citizens from the tavern and they go into your guild you're you're playing a guild master and you've got a card that's face down and your guild master card will score you extra points for certain types of quests that you complete throughout the game when you hire a card out of the uh, tavern you actually have to pay for that by discarding cards from your hand and there's a a set of tokens that delineates the amount that you have to pay for those Uh, those citizens to hire them so you can't actually play cards from your hand when you're completing a quest you have to hire them into your guild and then you can take a card from the tavern and complete it using the citizens that are in your guild um, in your tableau kind of in front of you Uh, the game plays like that there's four actions that you can do on your turn you can draw so you get to just draw a card into your hand which is how you'll end up paying for hiring uh, citizens you can hire which is an action Um, and those those costs for citizens can be zero to three so things kind of shuffle down at the end of turns and cards populate this this lineup and the very first one is free. So if you have a higher action, but you don't have cards in your hand, you can still get somebody if there's somebody in that slot. There's also a reserve action, which means you get to take a quest 
from the tavern and put it in front of you into your guild. And that means you're the only one that can complete it. Nobody else can take that quest anymore. Now, you don't have to complete a quest if it's in your guild. You can still complete quests that are in the tavern, which is handy. So sometimes um, you might be able to combo up and actually complete two quests, and you don't have to spend that action to reserve it. You can just go ahead and do two quests on one turn, which is pretty awesome. And obviously, the last action is quest. It's using uh, citizens that are in your tableau to and the resources and their type to complete the quest that you want to complete. Now, there's a few other small things, like when you hire somebody, they oftentimes have what is called a higher ability. It's just a couple of icons or an icon on the bottom of their card. When you hire them, you get those bonus actions, and that can be a bonus draw or a bonus hire or something like that, or you can discard a card from the tavern because you know somebody else is going to go after that one or you think that there's there's a good card out there that you just don't want people to have. So that's another way that's another way to kind of get actions going and there's also uh, bonuses on quests. So when you complete quests, you can also get bonus actions and things like that. So you can actually end up the more you know this game, the better you'll get at comboing up those actions and making it sort of this uh, almost like in a deck builder style where, oh, if I do this, I get to do this, and then I can do this, and do this, and this, and this, and you can just keep lining those up, which is great. It's a lot of fun. What do I think about the quests of, of Valeria? I had fun with it. There's a couple things that I'm going to talk about that uh, maybe aren't the strengths of the game, but the strength of the game is that it's deeper than it seems. You... You can learn the game fairly quick, but the strategies and the timing of when you do what uh, really takes a, a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of tweaking. And that's kind of, I feel the more you play this game, the better you're going to get at it. And maybe even the more enjoyable it will be. It's a fun game. The, the aesthetic of it is great. Like I said, it's colorful. It looks just like uh, Villages of Valeria. I had a lot of fun with it because... I was like, oh yeah, cool, That I recognize these cards and these these uh, resources and icons. Everything looks super familiar. Like I feel like I, I'm just kind of learning a different way to use this this realm that I'm in. So that that's really cool. You're gonna you're gonna feel really familiar and at home if you've played any of the other Valeria games. We played with five players, and I think five might be too many. I think three might be the sweet spot, maybe four, but the the trick with this one is is that there's no interaction there's no where like villages of valeria you could follow other people's actions so there is always something for you to do on every turn whether it was your turn or not this one is not so much there is a good amount of downtime while other players are playing their turns and because it's such a thinky kind of game uh, that can be a lot of downtime with a lot of players so i would say my recommendation would be try to keep the player count low maybe stay in that like three range instead of all the way to the maximum of five it's great that it supports five because uh if you have a few extra people there and they really want to play you can do that but it makes it a little tricky other than that i think i think it's a fun game i think it's it's definitely got a place in my collection when we were teaching the game a friend of mine said as i was teaching the game he said oh it's lords of water deep i know how to play this let's play and in a way, yes, I can see the comparisons, but 
I, I, I feel like it stands alone and it's a little, a little more lightweight in some ways and maybe even a little more accessible than Lords of Waterdeep, which is a great game. It's, that's not a knock on the game at all to compare it to Lords of Waterdeep because it, that's, that's a fantastic compliment to the game, in my opinion. Like I said, I think the more you play this game, the more you're going to like it. And if, if you're the kind of uh, gaming group that really kind of grabs onto a game and digs in and, and gives it a good amount of plays... I think this one is going to get better and better with age as you play it. And that is where I feel the meat of this game lies, is that you're going to have a lot more fun the more you replay it and learn how to combo up and learn how to take advantage of of stacking up those abilities that you get when you hire, when you quest, and that sort of thing. Welcome to the corner of thought and conversation. Which way will you turn? Why not hang a right and join in on the conversation by tweeting at Theology of Games or sending an email to theologyofgames at gmail.com. So today's topic for thought and conversation, please, please email me at theologyofgames at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Theology of Games or on Facebook at Theology of Games. Um, it's, it is just that. We, when I was uh, talking about this game with my buddy Scott, who is the co-founder, co-head cheese of Theology of Games, he said that he had actually heard a couple people kind of starting to knock the Valeria series because they're easily drawn uh, comparisons between the Valeria games and other games. Like uh, some people are saying Villages of Valeria is very similar to Glory to Rome. A lot of people are comparing this one, uh, Quests of Valeria, to Lords of Water Deep. And I, I understand what they're saying, and I see those comparisons, but I kind of quickly dispelled those that disparaging narrative, that negative narrative of it, because, I mean, really, there are original games. Don't get me wrong. There are games that are coming out that are breaking the mold of genre and and theme and just everything is new about them and it and that's great i'm i'm so happy for that but we have uh hundreds now deck builder games we have hundreds and hundreds of uh worker placement games and they're all great for their own reasons i don't i wouldn't say that it's a bad thing that you uh would call a game you know uh, oh, well, this is, well, all of these games are, are similar to other games. Well, yeah, because those are mechanics that have been proven to be fun and to be interesting and to create interesting gameplay scenarios. So, of course, people are going to use those things in other games and use flavors of that and maybe mix one or two of those together to create their own thing. And that's fine. Uh, you know, in my opinion, there's, there's nothing new under the sun. So uh, I want to throw that out there for you guys. What do you think about that? Maybe, you know, not even in particular with the Valeria series, kind of drawing comparisons to a couple fairly well-known games that are, are good in their own right. But are you easily, are you going to easily knock a game because, oh, it, it feels like it's a, they're kind of knocking off uh, another game or another genre or are you more apt to just judge the game on its own and for its own qualities, its own theme, its own mechanics, 
It's it's twists on other mechanics. Uh, where where do you stand on that? Are are you are you more apt to pick a game up because it sounds like something you've played before and you really enjoyed it, or are you more apt to leave it leave it alone and say, oh, you know, I've already played this game. I have this game. I don't need I don't need to play it again in a different form or a different iteration. Do you have a question for Jeremiah? A topic you'd like to hear him tackle? Just shoot him an email at theologyofgames at gmail.com or tweet at theologyofgames. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you so much for joining us or joining. Well, yeah, it's us because little baby, little baby seven sitting right next to me. Please, please, please. uh, If you get a chance and you like what you hear, hit me up. Let me know about it. Even better yet on iTunes. Give me a rating and a review that helps other people find us and what and what's going on here. Please uh, visit us at TheologyOfGames.com. You'll be seeing our written double-take review of Quest of Valeria, as well as a few other games coming up really, really soon, if not already. And you'll be able to find out more about our secret contest that's coming up. Oh, did he say contest? Yes. We will be giving away a download code to Mysterium from Asmodee Digital. Uh, They are working with us. We're going to be doing a review of that version of the game very soon. And I'm excited about that. But until then, I just want you to know I'm Jeremiah Isley, and that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe. <laughs>